Hi and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast, the weekly show dedicated to talking all things Port Adelaide. I'm Enviable Tradition and I'm here with my co-host, Fishing Rick 04. How are you, mate? Hey, very good. And how are you? Good, buddy. And Macca 19. G'day, guys. So it's been a big week for Port Adelaide. Uh, we saw the power get over Brisbane by nine points in what was a, a bit of a slugfest, but a great win nonetheless. Um, and just as exciting, we saw the, the Maggies get over Glenelg by three points, which is always good to knock off the base. So we're pretty happy about that. Um, so it's been a good week all round, aside from a few other issues which we might touch on shortly. Uh, but we might start with our love and hate for the week because that might get us into a few of those issues anyway. So we're going to share one thing we love, one thing we hate in and around the Port Adelaide Football Club this week. Um, Rick, do you want to start us off, mate? Yeah, no dramas, mate. I um, I had for our love, or my love for the week, sorry, is uh, winning ugly. I know it's been uh, pretty popular in the, in the media circles and a few other supporters, but... Uh, I think it's refreshing to see that, you know, we're not necessarily playing uh, the exact pure game style that we want, and that could be credit to the opposition as well, but we're still persevering and, and working uh, very hard as a team and uh, getting over the line and, and getting those wins on the board. And obviously the last two years where, you know, we finished at the bottom of the ladder, we were just playing ugly. Now at least we're, you know, winning ugly, which is better than losing ugly. So I'm a pretty happy chappy. And so what do you hate, mate? What do I hate? Uh, I think this will be a pretty common one with a lot of uh, Port supporters. I hate the fact that Kane Corns uh, bumps Mitchell in the back and gets two games, and then we have the following week um, Jake Carlisle from Essendon elbowing uh, uh, Buddy Franklin in the back, and uh, he gets a, a reprimand after a, a one-week reduction. I mean, the consistency or the lack of consistency with the AFL, with their match review panel, which is brought up with nearly everyone in the media and footy fans alike, is just ridiculous. I mean, it, it was just a joke that Kane got rubbed out for a game for what he did anyway, and as a supporter, I'm finding it very frustrating. Yeah, understandable. I think we all feel a bit the same way. It, it just There's no consistency there. So, uh, Maka, what was your love and hate for the week, mate? My love is beating Glenelg. Nothing pleases me more than beating Glenelg in the SANFL. I love it. I was born, I think, uh, three days after the 81 grand final when we beat Glenelg then. Um, so obviously growing up in the late 80s, we had a massive rivalry. Um, and unlike you know the rivalries that Port Adelaide have with Sturt and Nord, which are built out of tradition and respect, you know the Port Glenelg rivalry, it was just built out of spite and hatred. You know, I mean, I hate Glenelg with a passion. I loved it when we beat them in 88. I loved it even more when we beat them in 1990, considering um, the, the, the way that Glenelg sort of played that part in us not making the AFL that year. You know, we beat them again in 92, um, and we beat them again this week. After they looked like they had the game sewn up, we kicked two goals in the last four minutes. You can't get better than that. <laughs> so what did you hate, mate? Uh, the goal kicking on Sunday, it was deplorable. Um there was probably about seven or eight shots on goal, um, which, you know, you, you just normally expect to make. Uh, I think it was about uh, someone like Gray, Paul Stewart, Hoff, Mitchell, um, Harlett, and, of course, Butcher's um, wonderful ball drop um, 10 metres out in front. Um, you know, it just wasn't good enough, and it, it really probably kept Brisbane in the game for longer than they should have been. 
Yeah, so my love for the week was definitely Broadbent. Uh, I just thought he was fantastic this week. His last quarter particularly was just exceptional. Uh, but it's great to see him just looking so confident, so composed with the ball. You know, he's fast turning into one of those guys where you just see him pick up the ball and you think, yeah, he's got this. You know, he knows what to do. He's got a beautiful kick. He disposes of it well. He makes good decisions. He's he's really turning into one of those, you know, those sort of Enright, uh, you know, one of those sort of players who, you know, whilst they're not the flashiest bloke out there, whilst they're not the bloke that gets talked about as, you know, All-Australian or uh, Brownlow medal or anything like that. They're just one of those really good workhorses that do a fantastic job for the team and, and are, are severely underrated. And I think he's fast becoming one of those players, which is pretty exciting. Um, my hate for the week is very easy. It's the SNFL. I pretty much hate everything about them right now. <laughs> They're just such an old, stuffy, conservative organisation that, that just need to lift their game. You know, they... They're, they're really, I mean, I've had a bit to do with a few people involved with the SNFL over the years, and they, they've essentially just got a massive chip on their shoulder about Port Adelaide. They, they can't seem to get over their old petty rivalries, their old petty hates, um, to see actually what would be the best thing for not just the Port Adelaide Football Club, but for the SNFL as a whole. You know, it, it seems often that they would actually rather spite Port than actually move forward themselves. And, uh, and I think that's just come across this week. I mean, the proposal the Crows have put forward is quite frankly ridiculous. Uh, for anyone to think that that was a better option than going down the route Porter suggested, I just think they've got it completely wrong. And, uh, and they just need to have a good hard look at themselves, wake up, perhaps get rid of some of the dead old wood there in the SNFL and the SNFL clubs, bring in some fresh blood and modernise themselves a bit. And I think it would be good for the SNFL, and obviously I think it would be good for our AFL clubs too. So big hate for the SNFL this week. So... So we might move on from that before I get too fired up. We'll move on to our review. The uh, Port Adelaide played Brisbane on Sunday at Amy and won by nine points after being headed late in the third quarter. It was a really good, gritty, gutsy win in the end, I thought. Um, Rick, do you want to start and give us your thoughts on the game, mate? Yeah, yeah. Like, like I said, it, uh, winning ugly, wasn't it? We uh, And as Macca pointed out, you know, bad goal kicking is bad football. And, you know, we just really, we attacked the ball hard and, we tried to run, and part of me thinks, um, you know, I've got, I've got, I made notes here. You know, our skills were pretty sloppy. You know, uh, Travis missing a, a pretty easy handball, and that was just one. Uh, you know, bad switching. Um, I'm just starting to wonder. You know, our opposition teams uh, starting to uh, to work us out a little bit more. Um, obviously, our game styles changed from the start of the season, and uh, you know, but our boys are still getting over the line, so they're still persevering and. And they're, they're trying to adjust to, to still beat the team. So I really thought the uh, the spare man uh, for Brisbane uh, really dominated us. And I think we were trying to run run at that and get over the top. And I don't think we did it overly well on uh, on the weekend. And uh, it could really that could really hurt us against uh, the better opposition teams. And uh, I still think we're we're sort of leaking a little bit with the uh, opposition uh, switching as well. Uh, Essendon game was a, a massive highlight, but Brisbane was still able to do it as well. So uh, structurally, um, you know, I think we could look at improving that aspect of our game as well. And uh, I think Brisbane also really highlighted that a lot of the times we were probably taking one too many uh, handballs and uh, we were getting caught and getting run down. Um, you know, the other thing, and I, it's hard for me to 
I can't criticise Jay Schultz in, in the manner that he goes about it. You know, his, his endeavour and to take those two hits in the first quarter, you know, was so courageous and fantastic. And I guess he'd probably be more disappointed with himself with the missed opportunities had during the game. And, you know, maybe he was a bit dazed for the game because I was shocked with, you know, what he makes a simple mark look. Um, you know, he uh, he dropped a few sitters in the in the game, but uh, you know everyone uh, everyone does it, and I w- wasn't sure if we were uh, taking into account the uh, conditions as well. But I mean, the positives for me was uh, Travis came back from a quite a game uh, last week. He was fantastic, uh, really led the way. His uh, his block in the last quarter, you know, just to uh, I think it allowed Mumphreys to to run on the ball. Um, you know, it was just beautiful, and uh, and as I said, that hit from Jay to, and to get back up and and then take a hit not much long after that, you know, one example that just gives to the younger players. Um, Andrew Moore had a fantastic game. I was really uh, I was really proud of the way he came back from last week. I, I started to think that maybe he played more of a tagging role. Um, I, I was probably a bit harsh with Cam O'Shea, but when I watched the replay. I thought, uh, you know, he was he was fantastic in the defence, and and what a turnaround! He was the whipping boy uh, from previous yeah. years, but he really, yeah, he's been fantastic. And and as I said last week before in the in the preview, I thought we had to take Rich out of the game because he's had a great great influence and and back half running, driving him forward, and you know Kane did another uh, um, fantastic job on him. And as you pointed out, you know, brought his last quarter and. I was going to mention it when you brought him up. You know, <laughs> those five losses we had, you know, he looked he looked lost. You know, he wasn't really exerting that influence. He, he seemed to have moved back to the half-back flank and he really wasn't... Him and Brad Ebert were really not influencing the game as much and I, I was thinking, oh, well, maybe, you know, he's one that just has to play midfield and, and can't really play in the half-back, you know. But, you know, the, ever since those five losses, he's, he's turned it around, you know, fantastically and... You know that spoil on the in the last quarter in the last few minutes. You know was a game game changer and winner. And you know well done to him. And uh, I'll leave it on this note that you know I don't know what Brisbane's whinging about. Merritt decided to play on <laughs> straight away in the goal square. You know he pressured himself. All he had to do was to go back, and the players would have had to clear the mark. So he's got no one else to blame than himself. Yeah, absolutely. Maka, do you want to jump in there and give your review? Yeah, I thought we played pretty well, um, especially tactically. I think we got the tactics right, we got the structures right, we got the, the match-ups right as well. Um, especially the, the part that I really liked was the plus one in the midfield. Um, I do agree with Rick that Pat Full in defence um, did sort of control the play a bit, but I thought that uh, with our plus one in the midfield, we won plenty of the ball. And if you look at the statistics, I mean, they can sometimes be misleading, but we won just about every single key statistical uh, category that you want to sort of look at. Um, I mean, we killed them in terms of disposals. Um, we thrashed them in tackles, inside 50s, uh, clearances, contested possessions, marks inside 50s. I mean, we beat them in just about everything, um, especially scoring shots as well. I've already mentioned the, the bad kicking of the goal. I mean, I, I thought in general play, we, we controlled the play really well. Um, we just weren't finishing off that good work in front of the sticks. Um as I mentioned, I, th- I think we got the matchups really well spot on. I thought Trengove had a ripper game on Brown. Um, Brown yeah. kicked two goals. I think one was a Joe the Goose. 
Um, the other was from the ridiculous non-free kick. Um, and then the umpire didn't bother, you know, lining him up in the goals as well. So that was a double whammy. Um, Carlisle took merit completely out of it. I loved O'Shea's game. I mean, he took Staker to the cleaners and then he went on green and took him out of the game and had plenty of influence in himself as well. Um, Maury played really well. Um, that, that was a really good matchup for us on Maloney. Um, and of course, Corns beat Rich pretty convincingly as well. So I think we got everything right on the day. Um, it just... And I think we need to remember that um, Brisbane were going, you know, hell for, leather, hell for leather with this one. I mean, they had their entire season on the line. Um, they, they were gunning for finals just as much as we were. They threw everything at us, especially in that last quarter. Um, they, they had a lot of really deep inside 50s, um, and we did a fantastic job to, sc- uh, to stop them scoring in that last quarter. Yeah, and I think that's what you both have said about winning ugly. You know, I think... It was really exciting to see this team just show so much grit and determination on the weekend. You know, in a in a game where you know really a lot didn't go our way. You know, we we weren't as clean and as efficient as we have been. Um, you know, we we didn't kick the goals perhaps we should have. We didn't gain the momentum where we could have. You know, it's one of those games where you just feel like in previous years we would have just you know given up a fight for a few quarters and then rolled over and you know let them go away with it. Um, and I think that was probably the most pleasing thing for me is the grit determination to say, hey, you know what, everything hasn't gone our way, but if we keep fighting, as Kenny keeps saying, we'll get what we deserve. And, and we kept fighting, and we ended up with really what was a great win and a really important win for our club. You know, as you said, almost like a finals win because for Brisbane it was really their season on the line. Um, so it was that sort of pressure there. And to see the boys stand up and get a win was really important. Um, you know, I mentioned before Broadbent's run and composure. I thought that was really important. Um, I was really excited to see Ebert getting tagged. Um, I thought, you know, he's been playing some great football and uh, and it's really good to see that we've now got so many different players running through our midfield who opposition feel like they might need to tag. And so obviously Ebert getting tagged means that perhaps Boat gets a little bit less attention, perhaps, you know, uh, Wingard, some of those other players can really start to come in heartlet, you know, get more of the ball and have more of an impact. Um, so I think, you know, th- those extra, you know, perhaps second tier midfielders really stepping up, Broadbent, Ebert, we're all of a sudden getting that sort of depth that we've seen with Geelong over the last few years. I mean, obviously not saying we're there yet, but we're seeing that sort of depth appear through the midfield, which is really exciting. Uh, I thought Boak was just superb on the day. What a what a game. What a captain's effort. He's he's just taken to the captaincy. He's leading the way. He's running. He's carrying. He's shepherding. He's you know doing all the things you want from a Port Adelaide captain, and it's really exciting to see him taking his game to the next level. Um, I thought Schultz was fantastic. I thought he just he just busted his gut all day. He went in hard. He led by example. He set the tone for his teammates with his commitment to the ball. Um, as you said before, sure, he might have you know dropped a couple of marks and those sort of things. But you know what? You're going to have those days where the marks don't stick. We know that that's not always the case with Schultz. And, uh, and all you can ask for is that commitment. And I thought he was just fantastic. So all in all, I think much like you guys, it was a game we had to win. Um, it was an important win for the club and we got over the line. We, we fought it out. We went in hard. We, we did the things we needed to do to get over the line. And I think as a Port supporter, that's all you can ask and you've got to be really happy with that. So, uh, Rick, we might jump to you and get your, your best players and your best young player for the week. Yeah, well, I, uh, you, you probably can't go past um, Travis for best on ground. He was, uh, he was right up there and uh, just looking down the list, Andrew Moore in my notes, uh, I had him... Uh, high up there in the rankings as well. And uh, obviously, Matty Broadbent and uh, and Jackson Trengove. I thought, you know, like Mac has said, very influential. Um, uh, best young player, I'll give it to uh, 
to Cam O'Day with you know notable mentions to Ollie Wines and Sam Calhoun when he he came on as well. And I think it's a good thing that we've got all these young players getting, you know, 20-odd possessions and, and we're expecting that from them now. So it's good signs. Nice. And you, Maka, best players and young players? Uh, BOG, Andrew Moore. I thought he had a ripper game. Yeah. Took uh, took Maloney um, out of the game a fair bit. I think Maloney had a big third quarter, but outside of that, he didn't really do much. And the good thing about Moore is he's now looking like a first-round draft pick. I'm more yeah. excited about what he can do next year um, than any other player on our list, I think. Um Obviously, Bokey had the perfect captain's game. You know, he did everything right. You know, that wonderful block in the last quarter. Um, Hamish Hartlett continues to mature. Um, I think he had a, a ripper first half and a really important last quarter as well. Um, Cameron O'Shea, nothing pleases me more than Cameron O'Shea becoming a, a really good, consistent AFL player. I thought he was ridiculously scapegoated last year for the game against Sydney. He wasn't seen again after that. Everyone wanted him delisted. I stood by him. Good on you, Cameron. He's, he's having a ripper year. Um, and Trengove as well. And I also want to mention um, Brody's uh, spoil in the last quarter. That's just about the best spoil I've seen. That was fantastic. Stopped a certain goal, a certain Zorko mark. Um, yeah, I don't think it gets much better than that. Beautiful. Yeah, I very similar in terms of the best players. I had Boat right up there. Um, I said Stooks in my best players. Like I said, I just thought he worked so hard all day. Uh, and Broadbent, as we said, particularly for his last quarter, I thought he was fantastic on the day too. And, uh, and in terms of young players, I completely agree on Moore. Um, I just thought he had a fantastic game. I've, I've always had a rap for Moore as well. He's that big body. He can take a mark overhead. He can play through the middle. He's, you know, He can really be pretty close to that complete package when he gets it all together. So he's going to be really exciting. So... So, we might move on from that, the game, and let's have a quick look. I know, Macca, you're very excited to talk a little bit about what happened with the Maggies down at Alberton, so perhaps you just give us a very quick review of that game. It'd be great. You little ripper, cheer, cheer, the black and the white. Can't beat it. Uh, three points over Glenelg. We won nine goals, nine sixty-three to eight goals, twelve sixty. Um, there's not really much to talk about this game because it was an absolute shitter, to be honest. It was a terrible <laughs> game of football. It was the first half was okay. The second half just, you know, just turned into a really bad game of rugby. Really, I mean, it was just stoppage after stoppage. It was just turnover after turnover. Um, you know, there weren't many goals kicked. Um, and in the end, we absolutely got out of jail with that one. I think uh, ex-Power Man, Jason Davenport, the hair, he kicked um, he kicked a goal, I think, 18 minutes into the last quarter. It looked like that would be enough for, for Glenelg to, to hold on and win. Uh, the supporters got a little bit cocky. Um, and then John Cock came into it, got just about his first kick for the day. Um, he kicked a goal got us win within a kick, um, and then Watt uh, kicked his second goal and got us in front, and then about a minute after that, the siren went. So, you know, it was fantastic. You can't beat that. Um, you know, you take them every day. Um, again, it was, a, it was a win ugly. It was very much an ugly game of football, and one that I'll be very happy to forget about uh, the minute I stop talking about it in this podcast. Um, <laughs> Sammy Gray was probably best on ground. He had 32 touches and nine marks. Uh, Stevie Summerton had his best game for 
probably about a month. Um, Benny Newton, oh, I keep mentioning him every week. It's not just because he's on the power list. He's had a ripper month of footy. Um, and Aaron Young, he sort of came from the clouds a bit and got 23 touches and a goal. So, And uh, also special mention to Alex Barnes, who's, who uh, had a pretty good debut um, as a sort of like a, a resting forward second ruckman. Um, I think he's got a bit of a future. Beautiful. And I've got Youngie as two goals, one on the power site, mate. So I don't know if you've robbed him there or if they've got that a little bit wrong. But No, you're right. Yeah, he did kick two goals. Yep. <laughs> Beautiful. So, Rick, uh, have you seen anything from the SNFL, from the power players you like this week? Well, I, again, I, yeah, you, you guys have stole my thunder a little bit. I thought, you know, it's uplifting to see Youngie um, uh, picking it up and, uh, you know, great great possession count, you know, but also influential in, in other areas with the clearances, the inside 50s, uh, the rebound 50s really shows he, he was running both ways on the, on the footy field. And there was uh, last week I put it to you guys as well about Matt Thomas and, and where he's at. And, and this uh, this week I want to ask you two quickly, um, we've got Stevenson and Heath who have both come over, played a few games, they've shown their positives and weaknesses and They've gone back to the SANFL for a while now and really they haven't taken their um, SANFL by storm. So where are we at with uh, Stevenson and Heath, boys? Well, I think we're in a really good situation with them, which is that you know we're now a club that has a lot of depth. We're now a club that you have to perform well to get into the team. And, uh, and the fact of the matter is, you know, I think they're part of our plans. I think they're both very good, capable players, capable of playing a real important role for our team. Uh, but they're not going to get gifted a game. You know, they have to be able to perform on the day. They have to do their job. I thought Heath did that really well early in the year and is probably unlucky to be out the team. But, you know, at the end of the day, that's the way it goes. When you've got a good, long, fit squad, they're playing well, then you've got to earn your spot. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think um, I think a lot of players on our list could have got uh, quite a lot more games um, in previous years where we just had really bad runs with injury. Uh, I think Stevenson and Heath, yeah, are, pro- are probably two of those types of players, especially Blee as well. Um, you know, last year he probably would have played six or seven games by now. Yeah. Um, and he's another that I wanted to bring up again this week. I mean, he, he just c- continues to impress. He had 23 touches and three goals again. Um, I'm not sure what more he can do to really put his name forward for an AFL spot. Well, I think I think it just comes down to the fact that he's just got to wait for a spot to be available, basically. You know, he's just got to keep putting up those numbers. And as I said, the injury list is pretty short. Um, you know, a lot of the time by this time of year, there's a lot more guys on that injury list. And so he's unlucky in that respect. But, you know, it's the way it goes sometimes. And it's a good position for the club to be in. Um, the other one thing I wanted to mention was... Once again, pretty disappointing to see Tommy Cleary playing in the reserves uh, down there. Ridiculous. Obviously, Glenelg been playing some mm. pretty good footy. Uh, once again, just just ridiculous. And I think it just goes to show the the way these SNFL clubs at times looking after our players, messing them around. You know, it just doesn't make sense. He's a quality young kid. He's going to be a great player. He already is a great player at SNFL level. A good player anyway at SNFL level. And uh, it's ridiculous to see the young guy's career getting mucked around like that. So. Um, that, that's pretty disappointing. But and not not only that, not only did he get dropped to the reserves, they played him out of full forward, I believe. Yeah. Which yeah, I, and... I don't I don't understand that he's played centre half back all year, and then you play him at full forward in the reserves. Yeah. Yeah, they make some interesting choices, don't they? Mm. Oh, well. And people <laughs> wonder right. why I hate Glenelg. <laughs> <laughs> all right.
Okay, so for the next segment, we have our very first guest on the Port Adelaide Big Footy Podcast. We're very excited about this. Um, so, Don Draper, please uh, welcome to the show, mate. Hey, guys. How are you? Good, good. 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 Excited good. to Pleasure. have you on board. Congratulations on being the first guest. Oh, it's an it's um, a absolute honour, mate. It's the uh, podcast have been fantastic so far. Nice. So. Good, job, good to guys. hear. Good to hear. Hey, um, well, we'd like to start with you the same way we started the first show, and that's uh, finding out a bit about you, how you became a port man. What, what's your uh, what's your background? What's your history with Port Adelaide? Yeah, sure. Well, um, it's a bit different to uh, most. I was actually born in WA, so I moved over to Adelaide when I was about five, and um, didn't have an AFL background. My dad's English, so uh, he liked footy, but he was a big uh, football man. Um, so I didn't start, uh, I didn't really start getting into 42 around 96, 97, so my first real Ouch. memories. Yeah. <laughs> um, but obviously Port came in then, so uh, I kind of, I don't even remember how I really started going for them, but I just started liking them. But um, it all really kicked off and got pretty serious around uh, 2000 when my dad uh, got a job at the Port Adelaide Football Club. Yeah, right. So, um, yeah, so I was... Um, 12, my master is right, yeah, and uh, so he would uh, just take me down there, I remember on weekends, his office overlooked Alberton, so I'd go down and there'd be no one there, and he'd take me down and walk me through all the cool little fitness rooms they had, which was state of the art back then, and yeah, so, um, and all, all the stories he'd tell me about, you know, he'd have uh, staff meetings with Bucky and Choco, you know, and he'd interact with some, not really players, but just uh, like the Russell Eberts, etc., and um, but the big thing for me was uh, pre games, was I would uh, be taken down into the rooms before the game and listen to Choco uh, rev up the boys, and like as a youngster, that's just it's just so impressionable, you know. Like I just fell in love there, and they're my first real like this club is pretty great. This club is special. Um, I remember fondly walking down next to Darren Mead one game <laughs> and just like looking up at him and thinking he is the biggest unit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> um, yeah, but those like those pregame speeches, I don't, I don't know what they'd quite be like now, but because um, Ken seems a bit more reserved, but, uh, but Choco used to like, you know, Choco, he would just let, let fly, you know, like a word started with F. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you learn a few new words, mate. Definitely, yeah. But you just come out of there so amped and so and so, and so pumped, you know. Like, um, yeah, it was a truly fantastic experience. And uh, obviously, 2000 wasn't the best year, um, but it was kind of the uh, the start of it all. I think, you know, like that squad kind of getting getting together. And then four years later, obviously, the greatest day of my life. So, yeah, uh, it was yeah. definitely a good time to come on as a port man. Definitely yeah, timed it well. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, that's my that's my story. So um, obviously being so into it, you just learn about the history of the club and the Magpies, you know, and all and all that. And um, yeah, it's just fantastic. I wish yeah. I was a. Uh, I wish I could say you know I was born in out in Port Adelaide and went to all these Magpies games growing up, but unfortunately I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Don, we've got you in today. We're going to have a bit of a chat about finals and and sort of how yeah. we're looking tracking towards the finals and. I know that's a bit of a dirty word around the club at the moment, but you know I think uh, you know we're not the coach or the players, so we're allowed to say we're allowed to talk about finals and say the word finals. So, yeah. um, what do you reckon, mate? What are your thoughts leading into the finals? Look, I think um, I think we'll do it, but uh, one of the biggest factors is uh, over at Essendon. I think uh, that's going to play a huge part because if they're gone, then I think we're there. I think we're in. So, how many um, how many games do you see us winning from here, mate? Um, I've got us down for three. Uh, that's this Sunday against Adelaide. 
Yep. And then uh, two weeks against Gold Coast, and then the last game against Carlton. I pretty much put a line through Geelong and Fremantle. I think going to Skilled Stadium, is it Skilled now? Is it Simmons? They seem to change it every year. <laughs> Simmons, I think, yeah. Simmons, yeah. Um, it's just too, you know, it's just, it's almost an impossible task. You know, I think Sydney won there last year, and that was the first one in ages. Um, and going to Patterson's as well is just, uh, Fremantle are a very good side, and they're very hard to beat at, at home. So, yeah, um, I think that, that might be, just be a bit too much. This Sunday, though, this Sunday is the big one. Um, you know, it's a huge game for us. It's a huge game for Adelaide, too. Um, I think if we lose this one, then it starts to really get, get, get um, shaky for us, you know? Um, and d- what do you reckon, Maka? What are your thoughts, mate? Make finals or not? <clears throat> yeah, I couldn't agree more, really. I think um, this Sunday is the game. This is what's going to separate the men from the boys. Um, I think if we win this week, we're in. I think if we lose this week, Adelaide are in. I think they'll um, jump both us and Carlton on the run home. Um, they've got a really easy run home. I mean, they play us. That's a 50-50 game. Then they play North Melbourne, Western Bulldogs, Melbourne and West Coast. Um, I'm not sure West Coast are going to have much to play for in round 23, um, especially if they've got you know draft picks on the line, that sort of thing. Um, Carlton have a, a pretty tough run home with Frio, uh, Richmond and Essendon. Um, so I, I really think it's going to come down to this weekend, um, which is a, a scary proposition, uh, really. Um, I, I hope that we can win three games. If we win three games, I, you know, there's no doubt we're in. Um, if it goes down to two, uh, then it's touch and go. It really is touch and go. The the worrying part for me is the fact that Carlton have a, a significantly better percentage than us. Um, so for me, I think we want to make sure that we're in the finals before round 23 because if it comes down to round 23, it's going to be pretty tight, I reckon. Can I just add yeah. to that quickly? Um, Jump in. I think Collingwood are the ones that are looking really shaky. Um, I watched their game against GWS on, on the weekend they just look flat, and their next three, they've got Essendon on Sunday, Sydney mm. in Sydney, and then Hawthorne. I have them losing all, all, all three. Um, yeah. And they're a win above us at the moment and two percentage points. So um, if they lose on Sunday, but who's going to know what's going to happen with it in a Collingwood-Essendon game, especially with the week Essendon's had? It could be, you know, it's impossible to predict almost. Um, yeah. If they lose on Sunday and we, and we win, I think we'll jump them. Um and then I've got them losing the next two after that, almost definitely. You know, I mean, it's hard to say definitely, but I'm yeah. getting Sydney, in Sydney or, or Hawthorne. Like, and then they finish with West Coast and North, who I know they haven't had the best years, but like, they're not bad sides. You know, like West Coast, I think they were my tip for the flag this year. It shows how much yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, they're not bad sides. You know, I think, and I think something's up at that Collingwood, you know. And if they slip out of the finals, that's that's that that that's just massive, you know. Yeah, well, I, I reckon Port are going to get there too. I really think that uh, I think we're doing well enough. We're playing well enough. Um, I think we've got a team now that is just steeled for these big games. Like I think we've got we've got these three must-win games, particularly when you look at Adelaide, you look at Gold Coast, you look at Carlton. And I reckon in previous years you just haven't been confident going into these sort of games. Like you weren't confident in the, you know, the ability of our team to play finals type footy, to play under pressure, uh, to stand up when the chips were down, particularly to stand up when we're expected to win. Um, and I think that's just changed so much this year that I, I really back us in to win those important games that we need to win. 
Um, I think Macca should be kicked off of our podcast for suggesting the Crows are going to get in. I just I can't believe you called that. I just reckon that's why they're, they're in 12th at the moment and they're playing terribly. And uh, I, I, we can't even entertain them making finals from here. I think it's really it's it's between us and Carlton and Collingwood for that eighth spot or that seventh and eighth spot. And uh, and I just think we're playing well enough to to win the games we need to win to to possibly even finish above both of those two. Yeah. Um, you know, it's there's a long way to go. We've got a, we still do have a young team. We still have do have an inconsistent team. So you know, I could be well off base here, but but I really think we're playing good enough footy. We're playing the right sort of footy. I think that's what enthuses me the most is we're playing the sort of footy that's going to stand up when the chips are down under pressure. You know, even though these last few rounds aren't actually finals, they're going to be finals type games where everything's on the line, where you absolutely have to win. Particularly, I think that last game against Carlton is going to be a real finals type game and. I just feel like we've got the players who've got the mentality. Um, you know, I don't think Malthouse has changed that mentality yet under Carlton. I'm sure he will over time. But I think we've got the players who've got the mentality to, to win those tight games and to win under pressure. Um, and I think it's going to see us scrape into the finals, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that um, the way we won on Saturday, on Sunday when we um, kept Brisbane goalless kicking with the breeze just mm. says it all like our um, contested ball in that last quarter was Absolutely fantastic. Um, that Travis Boak Shepherd, for example, is just yeah. they're 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 the kind of acts that we've been lacking. You know, like that was I thought Bokey was terrific on Sunday. That was just a true captain's game. Um, and as uh, I went to the club after the game, Hinkley just he just speaks so well. He says, you know, we'll get what we deserve, and he's said that all year, and he'll say that when our season ends. You know, like yeah. he just you know what you put out that what. Well, what we put out will uh, uh, achieve. So, and yeah. I think it's really important for us to make finals. I know people don't really agree with this. I, th- I think that regardless of, of what happens, we're on the right path. But playing finals is is big, you know, and it's going to be big for the playing group. And the whole, you know, trying to be relevant again, well, making finals just cements that, you know, like we'll hundred percent yeah, agree on a 100% national agree. stage. And uh, um, and I think you know there, there couldn't be a more important time for us to get into the finals. I think now. Heading into Adelaide Oval, you know, it's been such a big shift for the club off-field, moving into the new stadium. Um, there's a real opportunity there for us to attract new fans in the new stadium and for us to be heading upwards at the same time that it, it certainly appears our cross-town neighbours are heading downwards, I think, is a, is a massive advantage for us at this stage in terms of attracting new people to Adelaide Oval and really shifting that dynamic. So, um, look, I think we might wrap it up there in terms of our finals chat. Um, it's been great having you on, Don. Thanks for coming in. No worries, um, I think I think you're absolutely right. I think you're absolutely right in terms of what Kenny said. You know, we're going to get what we deserve, and uh, and I think hopefully by the sound of it, the three of us all agree that we deserve to play finals this year. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Cool, guys. Thanks, Apes. Cheers, buddy. No worries. Okay, so now we're going to move on, guys. It's time to talk showdown. Obviously, a big week in Adelaide, a big week in football, particularly for the Port Adelaide Football Club. It's going to be a really important game, as we said, for us in this run home to the finals. Um, so I'm going to ask you guys what you think of this week's game. Starting with you, Rick, what are your thoughts, mate? Well, originally, I was thinking uh, danger game, but as the days clock over, I'm uh, starting to feel more and more confident already. So hopefully that's not going to make me... Uh, uh, look foolish on uh, on the Sunday, but uh, you know, last week I said it. You know, we're we're coming up against these teams which are having their mini grand finals or early season grand finals, and I guess this is probably another occasion for um, 
for Adelaide. It's all on the line. It's going to be almost impossible if they if they don't win this week. And uh, you know, being at the club today, uh, I got I got told that Rory Sloan's out, which has been on the news. Sean McKernan's out. Uh, Josh Jenkins is out. Um, so they're going to really be struggling. I think Dangerfield's going to be back, but he's going to be sore. Um, so they're really going to be up against it. That doesn't mean it's an automatic win for us, but you know, it's definitely uh, you know a fully fit squad against a you know an injury weakened squad. That's a, it should be a big advantage to us, and I'd be very disappointed if we uh, if we don't push them really hard and 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 take it right to them. I think one area that we really need to identify is uh, trying to get our uncontested ball up. That has been diminishing over the last few weeks, which to me highlights that we're probably running out of... Well, and the stats say that we're running out of run, but as I said in the, the review, are we running out of run or are the opposition teams working out how to stop our run? That's the... Uh, that's the million-dollar question for us at this point in time. So hopefully the boys can get that uncontested uh, ball count up, um, make sure we uh, make their spare man, if they're going to play one, more accountable. And uh, honestly, I guess we just need to uh, you know, keep an eye on Dangerfield. I'd imagine he's going to play more up forward uh, than all the time in the midfield. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Ben Rutten actually goes up forward. You know, They're probably going to have to throw a... Hail Mary up there to, to see what they can do. But the one thing I am confident with is our defensive structure has been fantastic this year. And, you know, Ali Paddy Carlisle, Jackson Trengove and all the other boys have uh, done a fantastic job. And, you know, I think we can really exploit their lack of key forwards in this game. Our midfield is, uh, is just running pretty well. Uh, you know, their midfield's obviously going to be depleted. If we can block out uh, Richard Douglas and... Uh, you know, just curb the influence of uh, Crouch, I think we're going to go a long way. Beautiful. Mackie, your thoughts, mate? Yeah, look, it's probably the most crucial showdown um, that we've seen since uh, probably the final, I reckon. Um, <laughs> the, the dream showdown? The dream, yeah, the dream showdown. <laughs> that wasn't so dreamy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, both clubs have got their finals on the line, really. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I think if the Crows win this, they'll they'll probably get through. Um, if we win, I think we'll get through. Um, I've got a. I think it's really going to come down to the foot soldiers in this one. I mean, everyone's going to bring up you know guys like Dangerfield and Thompson and Boak and Hartlett. But I really think it's going to be the pawns that win this game for for either club. It's going to be the the second and third string. Is that you know if they do their job, um, the subsequent the subsequent uh, team will win. Um, so I've got a list of five key players for the Crows um, that I think if we stop these guys, um, you know, we'll go a long way of, uh, to winning the game. Um, my first key player is uh, Dickie Henderson. Um, you know, he's had a huge season um, once he came back into the side. He's averaging 25 disposals a game over the last five weeks. They use him a lot running out of defence. He's got a massive kick. Um, I'd love to see Paul Stewart... Um, Go back to the forward line and tag him, similar to how we played Jack Watts in round one. If we can stop his run and his kick, I think we go a long way of, uh, to winning this one. Um, and same with Brody Smith as well. Uh, he's their number one player uh, for rebounding outside the defensive 50. Um, he's averaged, uh, I think, 22 disposals in the last five games. He's got a massive kick. He rarely wastes a disposal. Um, but the good thing... Uh, for us is that he can be exploited one-on-one. -on -one. He's not a great defender. Um, I'd love to see Monfries make him accountable um, and, and try and play through him as much as possible. Um, number three would be Brad Crouch. Um, 
since you know he, he sort of got dropped, he didn't have a great start to the year, but ever since he came back into the side as well, he's averaged 26 disposals in the last five games. Um, he gives them a lot of outside run. He's super fit. Um, he's a good user of the ball. Love to see Andrew Moore go up against him. I reckon he can beat him. Uh, number four is Tom Lynch. Um, you know he gut runs more than any other crow. Um, I've never rated him at St Kilda. I never rated him until about three weeks ago. And his last three weeks have been huge against really good opposition for the Crows. Um, I'd love O'Shea to go with him because I reckon he's got the pace, the height, the fitness um, to really cause him a few issues. Um, and I'm going out on a limb here and, and making an assumption that he's going to play. But I reckon Lewis Johnson, if he plays, he's someone that we need to shot down simply because we... They don't really have anyone else. So if, if he's not kicking goals, if Lynch isn't kicking goals, I'm not sure who's going to win the game for the Crows. And I, I reckon we'll get over the line. Um, so for us, I reckon the key players are going to be uh, John Butcher. I'd love to see him kick four goals like he did last year against the Crows. Um, I think we need Robbie Gray to have a big one. Um, Andrew Moore as well. If he, if he can take someone like Crouch or, or maybe even Dangerfield out of the game, that would you know that would do us wonders. Um, Jasper Pittard, I reckon his run from defence is going to be key. Um, and Matty Lobey. Um, obviously, last year, things didn't go to plan with him uh, sole rucking against Jacobs. Um, do we bring in Renouf as a second ruck? Will they bring in someone like um, Angus Graham um, to help uh, now that Jenkins is out? I think there's a lot of variables that you know we'll have to wait to a selection to see how things are going to pan out with this one. Yeah, and look, it is just a must-win, isn't it? It's, it's Once again, it's another week where it's a must-win for us. It's another week where we're expected to win. Um, but obviously, being a showdown, once again, it's going to be that finals-type pressure. It's going to be really on. You know, if, if we knock off the Crows here, that's it for them. That's definitely season over. Um, so it's a really important one for us. But, you know, I just keep coming back to it. I just think we're playing the sort of footy. We're, we're melding as a team. We're playing this good, tough, hard footy. We're defending first. We're playing finals-type footy and, and doing it well, and, and I just can't see us losing this one. I, I reckon I always think the opposite to you, Macker. I reckon it's going to be the the star players in our team who I think at the moment I just think the Crows can't match. You know, they're they're short they're short-handed in the midfield, particularly with Sloan out. I think that's a massive out for them. Um, so they'll have Sloan out. They've got Dangerfield probably not at full fitness. Thompson hasn't been playing well. Um, I think with the depth we've got running through the midfield right now, I don't think they can match us. Um, obviously, they're well short in their forward line. Um, I agree with you that I think uh, Johnson coming in is a big danger, um, mostly because he's such a good kick. You know, Showdowns are often pretty tight, tense, close affairs. Um, and when you have someone like him who you know when he gets his hands on the ball, he's a very, very good chance of putting it through the middle, um, then you know he might only need to get the ball five times and kick five goals, but it can really change the game. So I think he's definitely going to be one to look out for. Um, but I do look at the teams and I just think I'm just not sure they can match us. I'm not sure they've got anyone who matches up with Westhoff, and I think that's been shown over the years that he's had a pretty good record against the Crows. Um, and I also think, once again, I think I keep praising Butcher every week and predicting big things from Butcher every week, but I think you know him playing against the Crows, I think he's going to get off the leash a little bit. I think he might kick a couple of goals. He looks like he's ready for things to click, and uh, I think if he, can, if he can clunk that first one and, stick, and put it through the sticks, then his confidence he'll be up and he might just kick a few for us, I think. You know, Rutten's probably going to go to Schultz unless he goes forward and, and probably hold him relatively well. But I think Westhoff and Butcher can really get off the chain and do a job for us. So, look, I reckon Ports are Monty this week. I really think we're going to win. And I reckon we're going to do it by 36 points. What do you guys reckon? I reckon uh, I reckon Port by 25. And Macker, I hope they do pick Angus Graham. 
<laughs> Me too. Uh, I'm an eternal pessimist when it comes to showdowns. I pretty much religiously pick the Crows, but I'm going to go the other way this week. I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be Port by uh, 28 points. Wow, all pretty close margins there. I like it, boys. A bit of confidence there. So thanks again for another great week on the Port Adelaide Big Footy Podcast, guys. Um, let's hope we can come back and rave on about a beautiful showdown win next week. Uh, so until next week, uh, speak to you then. Cheers, guys. Cheers. They've taken the biggest scalp in footy. Bruce, there'll be a bit of noise here in a minute. They could get second spot still. They're a final four chance now. The colossus of the game has been beaten. It's the best win this club has ever had.